Hello everyone, my name is always Asmal. Welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube and the show will be available on podcast by latest tomorrow morning. So don't forget to like, subscribe and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. If you're joining us live, drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves. And if you're watching the recording, drop a two in the comments. My guest for this week is Sylvester Albani, investment principal at Classini Capital and former group executive for mergers and acquisitions. He's also an MBA and a master in finance. Sylvester, thanks so much for joining me today. Good afternoon, always. Thank you for having me and good afternoon to your audience as well. Let's jump straight into the meat. Tell us your story, where do you come from, and even outside of work, who is Sylvester Albani? Give us that backstory. Yeah, let me, let me maybe first tell you about outside of work and then we'll go into work and stick with work. Well, if you want to. So, so I'm from Wellington, um, out in the Borland. Um, I yeah, was born and bred there and went to the local high school there, um, school it's called. Um, for context, uh, it's like it's a normal public school. I'd ask someone to check for me. It's, if you had to go there today, it's 1,200 rand a year if you can afford it. And if you can't, then you don't pay. So it's 100 rand a month school. Um, um, my mother uh, was a teacher. Um, she's retired now. Um, the hardest working person, um, toughest and also kindest person that, that you could ever meet. Um, my father uh, went the he worked in a well, I never knew my father. He worked in a, a factory that made like wood stuff as far as I, and as, as I understand. He went to go buy the soap and we never saw him again. Um, and um, uh, what else? Um, we grew up, uh, we stayed with my grandmother and my grandfather, um, humble people as well. Um, uh, I, at school, I, I, I did sport, I played rugby. I, um, I tried to play chess. I wasn't any good at it. Um, and yeah, I, I sort of get my nose in the books and, and, and with friends and, and stayed out of trouble in school. I, I really just wanted to get done with school. Um, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's for, for, for growing up years, that was it for fun. Um, oh, I have a sister. She's like six, seven years older than me. Um, she's probably six, seven times smarter than I am as well. You know, I, um, I actually, the, <laughs> Um, my the primary school I went to, I asked my mother when I was in grade five, standard three, to, to be taken out of the school because they kept comparing me to my sister who was there before me and I was just tired of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm married. My, my wife is a teacher as well. Um, I've got a son. He is four years old and four months. And my sister reckons he's as smart as she and me put together. Um, yeah, for, for fun, I take my dog for a walk. I like to read. Um, I, um, um, I like to listen to hip-hop music, and I uh, watch French movies and French series a lot, and I read the subtitles, you know. Yeah, we, we live in a world where you watch movies, and then you pick up your phone, and all of a sudden, you are distracted. You lose half the movie. So I find that forces, being forced to read subtitles actually keep me interested. Professionally, um, I studied at UWC, my undergrad, um, so my foundation is in computer science. Um, and um, 
I actually, yeah, it, it, I, I, I had a bursary for computer science. It was more sort of by default that I studied computer science. Um, and um, I, I went to go work. My first job was at Deloitte in their risk advisory business. Um, it was hell of interesting. Um, I mean, I had, I had a mentor there, an assigned mentor, Munir Damon. He's um, actually head of internal audit for or Mutual. He's like, uh, and, you know, just seeing that you're on careers, like th the one thing that he taught me that sticks with me till today is when you draw your career path, like draw alternatives, things don't always work out as you expect them to do. Um, so he was my formal mentor. Brian Parker there was my informal mentor. He was the first guy to play. He was a senior manager at Deloitte and, and, and he was the first person to show me the middle finger in an office environment. And, and it just made me feel so comfortable to say that, well... It's actually normal. You can be normal and still make it to the top. Um, uh, so after Deloitte, I went and I worked at APSA. Um, so that was during the recession. I went to go work for APSA, which contracted them. Um, um, I worked there for a guy called Serene Governor. He was my manager in their um, audit division. So I worked between the retail bank and the investment bank. Um, um, Serene um, also had his own business. So I ended up doing a lot of his work as well. So um, I, I, I accelerated my, my learning within the bank um, very quickly. But I also knew um, that sort of that audit risk um, advisory business was not what I want to be in, um, that I want to be in financing and, and sort of deal making. And it was not by that time, like, like growing up, I was at like random side businesses kind of thing going. Um, I was, I started lending money to people when I was in primary school, for instance, like, my pocket money and and like uh, odd jobs money, cleaning the yard money. Um, um, so so I, I, I was never going to be in a risk role for 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 the rest of my of my life. Um, and then so yeah so then I I, I I went to do my MBA while I was at at EPSA, um, with the idea of pivoting my career out out of that um, um, field and um, with. Um, as I was finishing up my 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 time at EPSA, I, I I interviewed and I interviewed with business partners. A guy Chris Kuhn interviewed me there, um, and it's funny I was still sitting in the car preparing some notes before the interview. And Chris asked me a question, um, "What? Tell me something about the IRR." And it's like the only technical question. And and by chance, it was the one thing that I read before I walked into the interview. So I could tell him this. I could, it, it's the assumption that you invest in the money at the same rate that, uh, over time. Um, yeah, that, so so worked at Business Partners for, for a few years. My second interview there was with Nazim Martin, who's currently the chairman there. Actually, that was also an, a, a revelation. Um, um, I remember sitting in the interview in, in Nazim. So Nazim is from Steenberg in Cape Town. And if you know that, it's also like a rough part of, of mm -hmm. Cape Town. And, and, and Nazim is telling me like he's the youngest of eight. His mother sold for a living. His dad didn't work. Um, and, and, he, and he only ever had bursaries to go and study everywhere he studied. And he, he sits there and he tells me the story. He says, and so listen now, if you look at me, right, and you see the suit and all of this, like, if you scratch, if you scratch, if you scratch, and you scratch underneath the suit, you'll see that underneath it, there's just another scully funny cap. <laughs> and uh, again, it immediately made me like actually realize, well, just keep keep at it. There's, there's ways to get there. Um, worked at, at Business Partners for a while with um, the guy who's currently the CIO there, Jeremy Lang, and, and um, uh, Zelda, she's since retired. Um, 
probably the best working years of my life. We had a great team, um, Manela, Roxanne, um, Alex Funk. Alex is now the chief investment officer for Scrotus in the, in, in the UK. So we had a great team. We had a great time working there. Um, and then um, tried to move back to Cape Town. So I, I met my wife during that time. And um, of course, you sort of move with the love. Um, and uh, moved back to, to Cape Town, worked at APSA. <clears throat> Um, sorry, moved down with business partners, but then went to go work at APSA. Um, <clears throat> excuse me for a second. Um, yeah, worked with um, Jason Hamilton at APSA. Um, um, super guy, um, great boss. Um, uh, Chris Buchanan is now head of credit, I think, for, for APSA. Um, the guy in Dumiso Zulu is now in private equity at Old Mutual. We also, it was a great team uh, um, as well. Um, we did great things. And then after like a year and a half there, look, I was doing deals then consistently for a while. And I I felt like I needed to stretch myself even further. So I had a, like I made a decision. I need to go and work either for a startup or for a business that I can see is obviously in trouble, a turnaround situation of some sort. So, <clears throat> so I went to go work for Novus Holdings, the listed printed business. And at that time I called them the listed startup. Um, and they... Um, yeah, I got the job there. I never thought I'd get the job because in the interview, my, I went there and said we should call this, that, and the other business. Um, and I actually got the job. Um, was 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 a very good good ride as well. Four years of my life in that hard environment it was very hard. Um, yeah, met some some of the most intelligent people. Like the smartest guy I know works there, Steve Jones. He's an industrial engineer, current CEO there as well. Neil Birch, very clever guy. Um, yeah. And, and, and after that, I did so after four years there, I, I thought I'm going to just relax for a while. Um, and, but then with um, Slaisani, there was an internship position. So I thought, let me go and experience VC at the cold face of it. And so I joined them on an internship sort of thing. Um, uh, but then, uh, but I was always like at that stage, more than an intern, of course. And, and I've since then um, worked for Slaisani as an investment principal. That was 10 minutes. That's a lot of time. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It gives us a good, very good understanding of where you are. I, I mean, you you mentioned it a little bit, but I mean, and you said uh, like risk is not where you wanted to be. But then why did you, why why did you start with an internal audit uh, before you uh, made the switch? So so I'm from Wellington, right? You must go check the unemployment numbers in Wellington. I'm from like Hospital Street in Wellington. It's the drug house on the one side, the drug house on the other side. People don't work. It's people sitting in the sun. They say they go all around the house with the sun the whole day. So now, yeah, I am just finished my 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 degree. Um, I'm, 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 I remember the day I got the call. I'm I'm walking out. I, I wrote to the guy who was he was CEO of of Deloitte at the time, um, National, and I randomly wrote him a mail over the website. His name is Miles Crisper. Um, I don't know what he's doing now. Um, and, and and then so he gave me a call. And then Deloitte in Cape Town had to interview me, of course, because the boss uh, um, said, just talk to this guy. And then uh, Anneri Oosthuizen interviewed me. She's now head of internal audit for NASPER um, in, in, in process overseas. And she, and then, so yeah, I get, so I'm walking. I remember that I was walking from campus, from the station, and I get the call. And Deloitte says, um, um, yes, you got the job. I didn't even consider like holding out and maybe you're listening, going to Accenture or whatever, because he has a job. Like, for me, it was just grabbing the first thing that I got. Um, maybe in hindsight, I sh 
should have known my worth a bit more and just held out a bit more. But yeah, it was the first job that I got offered and it was the job that I took. I mean, this is the lessons you learn. But I really just jumped me back. I really like your story. We had Jason Hamilton on last year. And I'm pretty sure, uh, I keep calling him Mitch Buchanan, but he was in articles with me. That's why, like a couple yes. of years ago. So I remember you very, very well. Yeah. Um, your LinkedIn headline is very catchy. It says, capitalist, socialist. What does it even mean? It seems like a bit of a contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I, I, I think it's, it's, there's a false dichotomy that gets spread in the world that you have to be the socialist or you have to do good in this impact in, investing thing and um, um, versus capitalism. Sorry, I almost, I almost mispronounced that word totally now because I was waiting for my Wellington English or Cape Flats English to come through here. Yeah. Um, um, with with so, socialism, so, socialism and capitalism, I always make the example of like Wayne Rooney, for instance. Wayne Rooney, when he was 16, um, um, he was earning a ton of money already and people, millions of people around the world were watching him. And, and he was... He was earning that ton of money, not because he was earning the ton of money. He was bringing joy to millions of people around the world. Um, and so, so his societal value was the joy that he brought to the people. And that's why he got the money. Same with Bill Gates. Bill Gates, Bill Gates didn't get money just because he's evil and he's there's chips in the, in, in, um, the, the vaccines. He, he, he actually changed the way that everyone works by giving computers to people and allowing people to be much more efficient. So his societal value was actually how you work today. So so for me, that's why whenever I look at a business, like if, if it's not clear, like your societal value, then then you can't be a cap, you can't make a capital return on a business in a business where you don't where there's no societal impact. And that's that's where that comes from, the combination of the two. For, for the audience, if anybody's got any questions for Sylvester, please add them to the comment section now. We'll answer all the questions towards the end. Sylvester, I see you did an MBA and a master's in finance. Why both? Yeah, and, and you know, um, later in life, uh, in the year, like 2020, I think, yeah, it was, I started on a mentorship program and, if I had done that mentorship program earlier in my life, I probably wouldn't have done both. So I did I did my MBA because I wanted to do the career pivot. And the master's I really just did because I wanted to do a master's. And um, but you know, so so I, I was for two years I spent with Yolanda Kuba, who's um at MTN in a mentorship program, and, and that changed my life entirely. Um and Yolanda made the comment that says um, like we, sometimes we just study for these acronyms for no reason, really. And we must look what the way she phrases it. You must look for challenges that fight back. And, you know, the, a degree doesn't really fight back. You, you know, you go, if you put in the time and you, 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 um, you do the work, you're going to think you, if you're reasonable, you're going to pass. Um, so that was, that happened in that stint, in, in that, um, um, period and then also I read a comment by Charlie Munger. So Charlie Munger is a he did he was an engineer and did law law. Um, and, and his way of looking at it as well is sort of you when you go up and you study more and more and more and you get PhD and postgrad and blah blah. He says it, you learn more and more about less and less. 
And um, so the reason I did both, I think I, gen I just wanted the, 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 the title. In, in hindsight, would I do it again? Probably not. At the time, I was having an internal conflict, actually. And I said, I said to my wife, like, so they mark your thing and then you, they give you a mark and then they say, so my mark was something like, um, you pass with minor corrections. And I actually wanted to write back to say to them, okay, just give me 50% and then you keep the minor corrections. And then you have a deal as well. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you said you wouldn't do both in hindsight. In hindsight, which one would you do if you were? If you were I, I would do the MBA. I think the MBA hands down. Yeah, the MBA is um, is a brilliant qualification. It uh, maybe I must say, especially at WIT. Um, yeah, the lecturers that we had, we had like Tabu Masala, who's a, a strategy guy, and yes, so the guy is absolutely brilliant. He's got this line that he says for every buyer, there's for every buyer, no, for every seller, there's a people willing to buy. Um, <laughs> um, there was a guy. Um, uh, um, Dave Taser, I think this is his name. He used to be M head of MA for Ernest and, Ernest and Young, and he, he sort of wrote the textbook on it as well. So I think uh, just uh, uh, and the, the broad scope of what you get taught in an MBA, you know, we, you know in the first week of my MBA, they taught us um, we got labor relations, and the guy taught us that, you know, when you work for employers, they, they sometimes say that if you work on a Monday, you must bring a sick letter. Or if, you, if you're sick off, off on a Monday, you must bring a sick letter. Or on a Friday, you must bring... And he told us, no, go read the law. That's rubbish. Um, you don't have to. And the reason is because sometimes you're going to need this Monday or Friday to finish your assignments. So I need to teach you this first. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. So uh, I found the... I found the India not, not advice, advice, not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> with all the with all the uh, tips and tricks and 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 the broad the broad nature of what you learn in an MBA, uh, I think uh, I think that's useful. But then I must say also, like the point about studying, I think I wish I learned earlier in life the value of reading good books. Like I, I used to read, right, but. But there are fundamental books that I think one should read. Like, like if you haven't read, if if you're in business, you need to have read, for instance, in my mind at least, like Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations. That's a it, the guy who wrote the book on economics. I think you should read that. Uh, intelligent investor, security analysis. If you invest in investments, like those fundamental books, you must read. If you if you're working in manufacturing and or you reviewing businesses in manufacturing there's a book called the goal you must have read that book um if you if you if you're going to look at businesses in that space so yeah i think yes education and mba all of that but if it while maybe while you wait or until you get there um uh, go and read the fundamental books of the of the various disciplines i think that's a that's a very good one i would do to, to get to read some of those books. Mm -hmm. oh, we've got a lot of uh, young professionals out there. Some of them may be studying general finance or BCom or accounting or even general business. And they want to get into mergers and acquisitions or they want to get into the investment industry, but it seems to be a struggle. What advice do you have for them uh, for tips to get into the industry? Yeah. If you think it's a struggle now, then I don't know. Eh? Because at the time when I got into business partners back in 2012, I think it was, um, at that time, I wrote to every single private equity firm in South Africa. Every single one. You know, Safka publishes this list of 
private equity houses. I went through that list, wrote to everyone, and I think I might have gotten responses from three of them. It's not a, it's not a, if you go and tally up the number of professionals working in venture capital, private equity, this MA space, it's not a lot. So I think it is um, something that's difficult to get into. Um, how would I get into it? I think your network is probably going to get you at least 50% there. Um, I must say I was lucky that I got into business partners with the interview um, and then could do deals in different spaces in my career after that. Um, but I think, yeah, focus on focus on your network. Um, uh, I, if I think of all the jobs that I've had, probably 90%, 80% of them became because of people that I know and that I got to know over time. Network is your net, is your, is your network at people. Network, yeah, yeah. What this is a question I like to ask all my guests. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Yeah. In my no, I'll tell you, in my private life, I will stay. Say I have children younger, um, <laughs> because I, I yeah, I only had my childhood. I was like thirty five or something, and to look for cars under a couch at this age is it's difficult. Um, for my for my professional self, I would say start reading the fundamental books earlier, and 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 look after and build a network. I think building a network was sort of fine, and and um, I'm. I, I was one of those people at Varsity who used to sit in, um, um, and in in the cafeteria and play cards as well. And I never thought that that would come back and actually be useful as well. So because M&A and deal making, it's sort of you're talking nonsense the whole day and you're doing maths at the same time. <laughs> and, and, and that was life in the cafeteria at UWC, most of it. But I think, yeah, so, so you need to be a, a rounded person in that, in that regard. Um, so the advice of my younger self, read the fundamental books um, and look after your network. And for the rest, like have a life because you, you're going to meet these people by having a life as well. I think that's, that's great advice. There's, there aren't any questions coming through. Most of the people are just enjoying, uh, enjoying the conversation. So we've got a comment from mm -hmm. Jason. He hasn't spoken to you in a while. And we, we've got a few comments. In terms of... Mm -hmm. Um, any last few words from your side or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? Um, uh, I think, yeah, not, look, maybe it's to advertise, maybe we, um, look, we, we at Klaisani, where I'm currently an investment principal, we invest in um, um, sort of high growth technology enabled businesses. So if you know of any good ones, let us know. Um, oh, someone's got load shedding there, hey. Um, <laughs> I think this load shedding is rubbish as well. Um, they need to fix it. And then, um, yeah, and I think just for the future, on my, on, uh, in a personal note, um, I, I do investments and I'd be interested to hear what opportunities you, you might have to invest in anything that really makes sense, whether it's VC or whether it's um, SMEs or mid-market kind of transactions. I sort of... Uh, Play in all the spaces in in in, the, in various guises, yeah. We we got one question that slipped through, so I hope you don't mind. I'm just gonna run it by you very quickly. Uh, we got a question from Tapero, who says, "Any books you can recommend? I know you recommended The Wealth of Nations by um, Adam Smith. Uh, can mm. uh, can you run through some of them again, if you don't mind?" Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think if you for deal making purposes, I would say um, 
And negotiation books are important. So the best one that I've read there is um, a book called um, uh, Never Split the Difference. Um, I can't remember who the author's, the author's name, but he, he's the guy who used to negotiate for people's lives for the FBI um, or the CIA. So you can imagine the pressure of that job. He talks about negotiation. And then in the same vein on negotiations, I would read um, John Maynard Keynes' book um, um, called um, the, the Economic Consequences of Peace. Um, so those are two books that I would read. Um, uh, I would read um, Steve Jobs' book, um, the Walter Isaacson autobiography of Steve Jobs. Um, you know, they, there's a point where Steve Jobs talks about how we, you know, we confuse ourselves and we think that we're going to live forever. And, and because we think we're going to live forever, we sort of push all our goals and ambitions down the line. And you've got no guarantee that down the line is going to come. So you want to do what you want to do now. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I said security analysis, um, um, the intelligent investor. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, good. Get through those ones. And you can, you can write to me and I'll give you some other books that I, that I think are important to read. Well, I think that's, that's a great way to end. I reminded everyone that the show has been live on YouTube and will be available on podcast by tomorrow morning. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast and you feel it's added value, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on the notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Sylvester, thank you so much for your time. Always thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.